right, ladies and gentlemen. Tune into the funky sounds of applicable, applicable science. Let me stop. Let me stop. What's up, y'all? My name is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We starting. What are you talking about? We is. The mic is hot. The mic is hot. Always doing something. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. The audience is gonna see it now. They're gonna be in. You're gonna be Instagram famous. All right, what's up, y'all? Uh, welcome to another episode of Applicable Science Podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Small. Uh, I'm a graduating senior, electrical engineering major from Jacksonville, Florida. And my name is Amanda Harvey, the one and only. I'm a junior solid molecular biology major from Woolwich, New Jersey. And y'all know who I am. My name is Chauncey Upshur. I'm a graduating senior as well, computer engineering major from the DMV, and we got special guests in the building. Special guests, special guests. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you. Our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, our first guest of Applicable Science Podcast, a good friend of all of ours. He goes by the name of Walker, comma, Zion. Walker, comma, Zion. He is a comma, junior. Uncle Z. That's right. <laughs> Uncle Z, if you know him real well, Uncle Z. He got the Moses 11s when he grilling on the, the barbecue. <laughs> Walker, Zion Walker, he's a junior biochemistry major from, like, uh, from, oh, my gosh. You all right there, dog? <laughs> yeah, my fault, my fault. From, from Lexington, Kentucky, correct? That's right. That's right. All right. How you feeling, bro? I'm feeling good, man. Thank y'all for having me on here. I feel honored to be on here. Man, this man making history already. First guess. First you already know. You, you never you, you never forget your first. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, Chauncey? Oh yeah, you got you wanna you wanna talk about that, Chauncey? Well uh, I well I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a virgin. <laughs> coming up in a new ep- coming in an episode coming to you real soon, real soon. <laughs> he said just wait on it. <laughs> yeah, facts. Coming up real soon. <laughs> All right, so what we're doing today, we're talking about titration. Um, so since we brought in Zion, we think he should lead us. Uh, he is a biochemistry major, so he does use this method that's par- primarily used in chemistry. So Zion, for the audience, can you tell them what is titration? Yeah, most definitely. So titration um, is the process that we use a lot in chemistry. And one of the main purposes that we use it for is if we're trying to determine the concentration um, or what we call the molarity of an unknown substance. Um, of an unknown amount. Mm-hmm. So what will happen first is, let's say I have a mixture of some substance and I want to know its concentration. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to dissolve it in the solution. Uh, most likely something like a, a weak base um, or I might do like a strong acid even. So I might dissolve something like HCl. And then so I've got this uh, mixture that's called your analyte or your analyte, excuse me. And so then I got this setup where I've got this big long uh, glass pipe called a burette. And so I'm gonna load my, I'm gonna load my uh, titrant is what you call it into there. Yeah, I know it's weird, bro. It's yeah. weird. It looks like something that you like would, I don't know, fence, go fencing with or something. But uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> first time I seen when I was like, what is this dog? Like, you know, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, but uh, but yeah, so you load like your titrant in there. So and it's going to be the opposite of whatever you put in your analyte. So if I put an acid in my analyte, then I'm going to put a, a base in my titrant. And so what happens is. So the titrant is what is that's the liquid or is that the 
Is that the liquid that's inside of the? Yeah. So the titrant is what I'm going to add to the, um, what I'm going to add um, to, to my analyte. So what's going to happen is, um, and that your analyte, and your analyte is whatever's in the that's going to the barrette that's in whatever mm-hmm. inside the cup or however yeah it's whatever in that cup okay and then titrant is what's going to it's what's in the barrette being added it's going to be added to the cup so it's like a it's like a gravity fall yeah yeah that's exactly okay. what it is that's exactly what it is it's a gravity fall and so what happened is before i do that i'll add one to two drops of a chemical indicator um which i'll explain later and so that's going to help me to kind of know when to stop adding my, my titrant. Mm-hmm. There's a point at which you stop and that indicator kind of indicates <laughs> when you stop, Yeah, you know? So, um, but yeah, and it's, it's just like, you know, a real cool process um, that, of how we like determine like the substance of something we don't know. So use it a lot. <laughs> well, I heard This is you. your favorite, this is your favorite subject, Tony, <laughs> yeah, right? Chris, shut up, Chris, shut up. <laughs> Zion, I have mad respect for you because I know if I was science major, I would throw myself off a building already. Because <laughs> when I tell you chemistry is so wishy-washy, like for example, I remember when I was talking to my teacher and we was talking about- um, I was in that class. In both of my classes, actually. Exactly. Um, and I blame uh, my counselor on that one. But- um. <laughs> more i was talking to we was talking about a problem and like i like i was going through like the right steps and stuff Mm -hmm. but then they were saying oh these steps are wrong and like since it's this like a certain situation requires a different like direction of steps which didn't make no sense like we was doing these steps all throughout class and then when we get to one specific problem, they say, nah, you got to go through another <laughs> equation. And then I'm, I'm just like, what? How does that make nah, sense? Bro. It'd be time, bro. It'd be like that for real. <laughs> I'd have been yeah. in the same situations where you do one thing wrong and the teacher would be like, nah, you got to start over like from scratch. That's why I hate chemistry lab so much. I hate oh that. Oh, my God. With a passion. I had to wait for Chris all the time. It's bro, crazy. I know, bro, because our professor would like, he would like literally not give me any type of itch to just be like, all right, you could do this later. No, I've been there. It's from one to five on a Friday. Bro. We don't want to be in here. You don't want to be in here. Just let we on the same accord, but you're not giving me no inches. So now I'm here to like 630 trying to redo the lab. I'm like, oh my gosh. And Chris Why? really be on the last step and he just messes up. I'm like, Chris, are you serious right now? <laughs> But I don't know how to pay attention. I don't pay attention to details, bro. Bro, bro I promise y'all, none of y'all have ever waited as long <laughs> in a lab. Amanda, you want to tell us some stories? Like, yeah, y'all are lucky. In, oh my gosh! Like Amanda done been in lab with me. Like she know the struggle, bro. Like y'all was in the y'all had the oh my. It's not, bro. It's, it's I had it easy. Yo, y'all had it easy, bro. Y'all had it easy on their Friday night. That. On their Friday night, no. Or, yo, or go or lab is two two times a week for four hours a piece. Yeah, I didn't sign up for that life. I, didn't, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I wasn't about that one. <laughs> even, even in, and you even were in, in there all four hours. Most definitely. And even even in the Oracle Labs, bro, Gen Chem Labs was a struggle for us. Especially struggle for me, especially since I was in them night labs. And bro, it's almost painful to talk about. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like the struggle, bro. Like, I think one of the worst nights of my life happened, like in a general chemistry lab. 
and I and bro, we had the night lab, and it was supposed to be from six to ten at night. Let me tell you, dog. First, I did of, all, not first <laughs> of all, first of all, I don't know who was smoking something, but don't smoke that again. To sign up for six to ten, you we skip the calf. <laughs> we we ain't have no choice, bro. We yes. ain't have a choice. No choice. Bro, when I tell you that night, I left the cat. I mean, I left um, I left the lab at eleven o'clock that night. Eleven o'clock, bro. Eleven o'clock, bro. Yes. You didn't even eat yet, like. I didn't from, eat. For for the listeners in Hampton, Virginia, everything pretty much shuts down at eight o'clock. Yes. The only thing that's open past eight is not even a McDonald's. It's cookout. Uh, all the college kids know about cookout if you Wendy's. go to school in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Wendy's. Or Walmart. But think about this. Think about this audience. You need to have a car. There's no oh, bounce around it. You, if you don't have a car, you're you're just stuck. That's oh, you're gonna it. make, you're you're gonna make gonna a new hungry. friend today. Oh yeah, <laughs> saliva, and you're drinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Zion, hey, Zion, what'd you eat that night that you were in there till eleven? Man, I came back, and this is this is what made it worse, bro. First of all, it was Valentine's Day, and I'm gonna spray all the details of that because that's just too hard to. <laughs> And second of all, I'm getting out of lab late. All my friends done been out of lab, and they went to Taco Bell, bro. You know, we got a friend that got a car, and she driving us to Taco Bell. Eh. Man, I ain't even have no money, dog. So I'm broke. <laughs> Man, I, I, think, I think you dodged a bullet with Taco Bell. Yeah, I think so, too, but bro, that, I'm telling you, dog, that night was so bad. I went home. I went to my dorm, dog. I scraped some quarters out of a drawer. I barely had enough money to get a soda out the vending machine. So that oh, night, I had oh, soda. Yeah. A bag of popcorn that I found in my dorm and some ramen noodles, dog. That was it. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. When you when you make it big, become a doctor, ladies and uh, for the audience. Zion, can you tell them what your career aspirations are? Yeah. So my career aspirations are to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. Um, basically what does that mean? What? Um, so okay. cardiothoracic means. Um, we know them more so as just heart surgeons, but they deal more so with um, not only the heart, but just anything in your chest cavity at all. Um, and they also deal with lungs too. And so, you know, any type of artery, tissue damage, um, you know, muscle, bone, anything related, doesn't even have to be with the heart. You know, it could be sternum, ribs, uh, anything, you know, cardiothoracic surgeons deal with all that. So. Ah, uh, okay. You so know. You, so you're the person who was, who they referring to when you tell them, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. All right, let me stop before we get sued. Ah, bro, we about to get crunk. We do not own the rights to that music. I I remember I aspired one time, like when I was in like high school, when I was in ARL, it's applied research learning. And I was going through the uh, path to try and be a, you know, a surgeon, especially Mm. on the heart too, because when I was looking up their salary, I was like, oh yeah, they maybe make that big. It's not that bread. Yeah. But, then, but yeah, but but then after um that year and I learned all those um those um uh abbreviations that oh. I, I was forced to study. <laughs> then there was tone they, that's when I got the first taste of chemistry. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this involves chemistry. Yeah, y'all can kick rocks. <laughs> I see y'all like. That was like me with engineering. I took this freshman and sophomore year of high school. I said, 
I'm not being an engineer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you see how you see how everything just came to fruition. Everybody said we're not doing these as a major. So respect to both sides. <laughs> respect to all sides involved. Mm-hmm. Ah, bro. So I know that night with the ramen noodles was a humbling experience. Oh my gosh, man, humbling. It's, so when you start making them big butts, you you gonna be thinking about the ramen noodle nights. I'm gonna remember to... my roots, man. I'm gonna remember yeah. where I came from. <laughs> start thinking you entitled to lobster and shrimp. Oh yeah. Nah, never forget where you came from, dog. <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all had it good because I literally had to eat oxygen for multiple nights. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't think I went hungry some nights? I'm just saying, like, it's not even like it's crazy because the way Hampton is set up, you literally have if you don't have a car, you literally have to eat on campus. And mm-hmm. you have you can't skip cab. So at this point, you know, you gotta be stashing anything. So you be getting those fruits that they be having. You be getting those um well I was a cereal fiend. So I would eat cereal lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because they they have ants in their food. So I, I took an L on that. I was not about, eating. You talking about how you eat cereal like the girl from get out? with the milk in one cup where you got two cups full of milk and then you just got the bowl full of cereal? <laughs> nah, you, you don't have to set up right. So you get the three, you get three different types of bowls of cereal, The which ones you have, you, you liked. At the time they had cinnamon, I mean, they have a uh, cinnamon crunch, uh, cocoa puffs, and sometimes they'll have tricks or honey bunches and oats. So you get those three bowls of cereal and put in the um, little, uh, plate or carrier, whatever you mm-hmm. call it. The tray. Then you get uh, cups and fill it up with milk. So then you don't have to make no multiple trips. And then you can just pour milk and then you can just recycle the milk. It's called saving. Saving. Mm. I mean, it's a buffet at the calf, but okay. <laughs> Chauncey you- seen one roach in the cornbread and he said, oh, I'm going to take it on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Having like ten bowls of cereal though. <laughs> <laughs> Those that cereal be smacking. I don't know why y'all keep trying to throw shade. Those cereal be smacking. Like it'd be delicious. Are you lactose intolerant? Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll take a trip to the bathroom, but I'll I'll do what I gotta do. You didn't have to do it though. You chose this lifestyle. <laughs> it wasn't my force. It sounds like it was. <laughs> What else was I going to eat? And don't say the cat food. But all right. All right. We're unless, not going to talk, not gonna talk about gourmet services. Unless the noodles. Those, that, um, the uh, noodles, like the um, pasta line, that's the only mm-hmm. thing I'll legitimately eat. Because those, those were good. That was delicious. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking with all that milk, his booty hole has reached his breaking point. Hashtag hydration. <laughs> Yo, that's a great segue. That's a great segue, Amanda. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the epi- this is the part of the episode where we can make two and two together. We are talking about, on another hand, uh, one drop until you reach your breaking point. Uh, so, like in titration, um, the what did you say was the chemical that comes through the uh the titrand? The titrand goes into the it goes into your analyte. Analyte, and then you yeah. keep going until you reach a certain concentration right. that you want to achieve. So, mm-hmm. and there's typically an identifier like a color change. So mm-hmm. I've seen it when it turns like pink. 
Yeah. yeah. You're trying to get that shade of pink. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes you can go past the equilibrium point. Sometimes you can go right before. Yeah. So, like, I think of it as, like, what's the point where you've gone too far or not enough? Mm-hmm. So, I think about it, like, midterms. You know. So, how you much know. should you study and how much or how late should you stay up to, like, it's, like, either detrimental to your testing, either way of not studying enough or overstudying and lack of sleep. So, I think of it like that, like, crazy eyes and tears. When, okay. when have you reached your point? For the listeners, Amanda has eyes that look like waves, but then they have they have little droplets of tears coming out. It's it's a beautiful drawing. You should watch it on YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> but then yeah, so like Amanda said, when we have midterms, um, we be going through stress, stress like stress on a on a multitude of levels because we have back to back exams, back to back probably projects due on the same time. So at that point, we're reaching that breaking point to where our concentration is almost shot. And we might not be we might be at a point of no return if we don't get it together. So how do you how do y'all like handle with that aspect and not reaching your breaking point uh when you're dealing with classes and extracurricular activities such as applicable science podcast and like just making sure you are mentally stable and healthy to continue on achieving. Yeah, well, I mean, I think one thing that you got to realize is a lot of people uh, do what I call suffering in silence. Mm. And so, Talk they, to them. right, you know, and it's just like in a, in a titration, like your liquid will be clear and you'll be adding the, the, the titrate and it'll be straight clear. You're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll notice it when it's over the breaking point and then boom, it's like, Mm. The whole thing change color and then it's it's over with, you know. So but you got people that will go through suffering and silence and then you know, boom, out of nowhere, they don't reach their breaking point. And it's it's kinda hard to tell. So you gotta check up on people, man. And you know, even if like you don't feel like there's anything going wrong, you know, like I hit my homeboys up. I hit I hit my homegirls up like, hey, what's up? You know, y'all doing all right? Like, you know, how you feeling right now? Like mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's let's link up, let's do something. You know, because I mean, it, it, it gets hard out here. You know, everything going on, everybody got different stuff going on. So everybody's dealing with these pressures that you don't always see, you know, and people will do a good job uh, of masking it from the outside, you know, but on the inside, you know, like if you know what I mean, it gets pretty obvious, like, hey, you know, something ain't right, you know, so like, you know, you got to talk to people. Diane, that's a great point because I know nowadays people have such a, I want to say they always try to keep a great frame for the view or for the public. They try to make a group base. They try to, you know, they try to act normal. Right, but when right. they try to act normal, that's when you know something is not right. Right, right. So, like, for example, um, I remember when it was like during midterms last year. Mm. Uh, one of our one of our friends or uh, all of our friends, Larry. He was, you know, Larry likes. <laughs> all right, actually, all right. So Larry has this term about throwing his hail, his hail marys, because that's when at the end of the semester and you're like, you know, you're trying to get things done and you're trying to like pass the grades. So that's when he gets his hail mary going and he he tried uh, drop back and then launch it to the end zone and hope someone <laughs> will catch it. Like an Aaron Rodgers type of thing, right? <laughs> right, right. So during those times, 
that's when Larry is <laughs> that's when Larry's is like straight focus. But that's when he's most vulnerable. So he's prone to ignoring people a lot. Even when I can eat it's snapping like quickly. Like the usual stuff that will just go right past him. He'll be like, I don't have time for that. And then just snap on you like and then we'd like, yo, are you good or something? Yeah. I mean, but he did taught us or me and Chris um a new way to control our anxiety or control our stress when we go to the golfing range and we uh you know shack them up yeah and i tell i will personally firsthand tell you that that definitely saved me some stress because hitting the ball and seeing how far it goes that that relieves some stress for me yeah like like you said that was a stress reliever i'm a part of this um this program that's going to guarantee me that's going to guarantee me a 4.0 it's a shameless plug uh, Dr. Donna O, uh, she is the owner of Guarantee 4.0. She developed a plan uh, for students to learn better and actually re- retain information on a more um, high percentage of information that the professors are teaching. So she's guaranteeing a 4.0. One of the things she says about stress management. And by the way, the link will be in the description. Yes, thank you, Chauncey. Link in the description below. Um, she does say to have one to two hours of whatever activity that relieves stress for you or and prevents it. Um, so I know for me, it's listening to ba- it's listening to music and playing basketball at the same time. Um, like Chauncey said, when we went to the uh, the driving range and just hitting golf balls, that was a huge stress reliever. Um, it just got our our uh, mind off of doing classwork projects of such and just chilling with the boys and just hanging out and see how far we can take the golf balls. If we going to curve and hit the road, oops, or are we going to go straight and hit 500 yards? It just depends. And that was just something that we just took our mind off of for maybe a couple of hours and we enjoyed it. So, I mean, I thought I like that plug, Chauncey. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> I remember even like freshman year when I was stressed, Larry was like, let's go golfing. And we we went into like the little, uh, what's it called? The bay outside mm-hmm. of Hampton and just started checking away. But I think one, like one key thing to handling with stress and anxiety is one, knowing yourself and digging deep to like realize when you are stressed and how you need to like manage it and like learning what works best for you. So I feel like sometimes, like for Larry, sometimes he's just like, he's a last minute person that, that works for him. But like, say for someone like me, I'd rather work a little bit of like ahead of time. So I'm not stressed about it last minute and just cramming and then taking a mental toll on myself. And also, I feel like you also have to know your friends mm-hmm. and like make sure like they're not stressed and also Hanging with your friends can also de-stress you because it takes your mind off of all these other things. You can just laugh, do some work. Like, I have an assignment due tonight, but <laughs> am I stressing over it? No. <laughs> but <laughs> As you should. But, yeah. And also, one thing I kind of live by, it's like, you know, you got to meditate. You got to relax your body and you got to take time to yourself. I probably preached. I probably preached that sign like hundred times. <laughs> I was about I was to like, say you know. like Amanda's like a, a master of like uh you know like when she feels like any type of stress she like knows how to get herself like you know calm down and like back in the mood where she's like all right I'm good and like now and 
I'm like, I'm in the process now of like trying to trying to still still take notes from it. Like, how do you do that? You know, like I'm master that myself, you know. So oh, so yeah, she didn't definitely preach that to me a, a lot. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Is it is there an incorrect way to relieve stress? No. No, I I mean as long as you as long as you're hitting your target of relieving right. stress, I think it's yeah. a perfect a perfect example for you. I mean, whatever helps you believe it or prevent it at the same time, I think it's perfect for you. It might not work for anybody else. But so, I feel like as long as you're, sorry, as long as you're not causing any harm to anybody okay. else. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I was going to say, any let's, harm say to yourself. let's say I drink when I'm stressed. Yeah, no, that's not. Okay, but um, just, you know, clearing the air, just. See, that's that's where the gray area is. Some A lot of people, especially in college, when you're allowed to drink, well, I mean, some people do it illegally, but no name drops. So when you drink, that's where the gray area is. Some people drink just to have fun and take off the edge. I mean, it's, it's legal, but when you get to a point where it starts affecting other people, I think that's where it doesn't become a stress reliever. It's more like a, um, I'm, I'm looking for a term. It's more, it's a detriment to others or it's, it's a negative consequence to other, I guess that's what I'm trying to look at. So I think when you get into alcohol or like, uh, any kind of substance that's where it takes a different turn so it doesn't matter if it's directly or indirectly like of course directly but what about indirectly what would be an example for indirect mm, let's just say uh like you're the uh, person who's drinking and another dude's asking the questions let's say the person was he says something that offended the person who asked the question and it wasn't even like yeah yeah let's just say he offended them in like some type of way would that count as like you know because it it could count but it couldn't because you're at the person's asking the question and they should know that when they're drinking they should they act a certain type of way you're trying to say that like when somebody's stressed and they like you know start um Kind of saying things they may not mean and offending like their friends and like other right. people. And stuff. Yeah, would that count would, as I would, like? I would say that uh, even though we may not look at that as like at face value as bad as like you know direct direct consequences, I think it uh, really harms yourself more because you're you're really not um, you're really not treating the you're you know you're just putting a bandaid on. You're really not treating the the uh, the cause of like what you're going through because a lot of times the people you know, pop off like that, that's because they got something buried down inside and they're not really addressing the issue and like mm-hmm. really de-stressing, you know, they just, uh, you know, it's like a temporary relief, but it doesn't really fully solve any type of issue. It's not a 100% solution or like yeah. 100% coping mechanism. I mean, because mm-hmm. I think for, I'm going to let Amanda go after this, after I say this, I think for one stress reliever, I think you should do it by yourself. You shouldn't have to involve another person with it. So with drinking, if you want to drink, cool, just do it in your room or do it in your crib by yourself. You don't make sure no one's around. You can drink. You can be as loud as you want to be obnoxious, however you want to be. Just don't make it involve anybody else. No, yeah, I agree with that. Because I feel like at the end of the day, the only person who can really make yourself happy is yourself. So it's like, like I said, you can rely on your friends to cheer you up, but they can never fully distress you have or make you happy you have to do it by yourself and you have to 
be aware of when you're stressed out because when that's when you're not aware that's when you pop off on people because you're like your mind is all over the place but the best thing I find is like centering my mind like I I'm more of an anxious person so like my thoughts be like all over the place but what, what the best thing I found is finding a way to center yourself like I I found things that I like to do like I like to read and write poetry I like to like watch YouTube videos on like hair or I like mm-hmm. to or one thing I found that I like doing is actually talking about it with my friends and not necessarily like seeking for advice but just releasing what I'm feeling sometimes like you're just so bottled up like as people were so bottled up in so to ourselves and we're scared to share out of maybe embarrassment judgment but finding those people who you can talk to and just be 100% candid with who 100% accept you that's the best thing to find Mm -hmm. genuine friends allow me to piggyback on that um Amanda so I'm posing another question when is going to like let's pretend you know this dude like you know your friend is stressed out right Okay. When is it going too far to helping them, like, you know, not relax, but, like, um, express your, um, like, help them express your, uh, their frustrations or stress? So when is going too far is what I'm asking in helping somebody? Because on the one hand, you can say that um, you shouldn't push too far because it's them and it's their life and they should, you know, they should do what they want to do because it's their life and they should know what they want. But on the other hand, some people spiral out and they like when people is pushing and they're pushing them back and they like take the warning and say, all right, I'm going to pull back. That's when they really start spiraling out of control and their life can just go down the hole after that. So that's what I'm asking for y'all. I feel like you should never stop trying. I feel like, yes, they have to learn for themselves, but, like, I feel like you should always be a constant presence, like, hey, are you good? Hey, this and that. So maybe not pounce them with it because they're not going to listen, but over time, the more they go through it, they're going to remember what you said. And as they're getting worse, they're going to be like, hold up, and they might actually talk to you about it after the fact. You got to be... I know. You're good, you're good. I was going to say, like, I remember, like, last year... I was like spiraling a lot out a lot and like I didn't really go to many people mm. but like I did have like random people in my ear here and there but like at the end of the day when I found myself I like I went back to those people and like sat down like had conversations and that it helps you grow a lot so I feel like you should never stop because I have friends who go through stuff and I'm like I would want to be the, I don't, I, if I was them I would want to be I would want them there for me. So I'll like, I'll call them up every other day. If I see that I won't call them every day and make it seem like obsessive, but I'll call them every other day or I'll ask somebody else to call them and just check up on them, see how they're doing. Maybe they'll talk to you if they're not talking to me. Yeah, I was, yeah, just to, just to go off of what Amanda was saying, you got to be persistent, but you got to, you got to like rethink your approach if what you're doing isn't working. And, um, you know, because common sense is going to tell you, okay, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, it's not working. Maybe I should try something else. Maybe I should try some other avenue. And, you know, so it's, um, you know, like, like I'm saying, you don't want to stop trying. But, um, you know, maybe and even it gets to the point sometimes where you realize, like, okay, well, maybe somebody else may be able to kind of better help them than I can in this moment. You know, and they got some capabilities that I don't. So let me try to reach out to, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but yeah, never, never stop. You, you got to explore all avenues when you're trying to help people out. 
Chris ain't comment? I mean, I pretty they pretty much touched on all of it. The only thing I probably add is you have to be a trustworthy individual for that person. So you have to be a person that they actually know has genuine interest, not just trying to I don't know, take advantage of them. I don't know how you take advantage of a mental health, a mentally unstable person or somebody that's going through heavy stress. Uh, but just somebody that's, that's just genuine and to being a great friend, uh, just trying to look out for them, make sure they have their best choices at their heart. So I think that would be my only thing. How about you, Chauncey? Um, I try to, I try to, you know, even if we like don't talk as normal, like, <laughs> I talk to everybody else. I will at least try to hit you up probably once a month, especially if I don't talk to you like that, just to see how things are going. Cause you may not, you may not um, like talk to me first time, but if I just like keep you and like know that I'm still worried about you and like in my prayers, hopefully like before you start spiraling out of control, you will come talk to me first and see if I can uh, prevent it. So now, do you think is like, how far is his reach? Is it only to like immediate friends? Because if you like, if you go by the approach y'all talking about, it takes a lot for that to happen, especially like for one person. So how far would you reach just personally, just asking? Well, say if I wasn't as close with them, well, well, one second. So. Pretty much, I feel like it's good to reach out to anybody just to see how they're doing because you never know, like, what people are going through. So even if it's a random person saying, like, how, how are you doing? You never know the impact that person might um, be affected by that. So it's like, because sometimes pe people just want you to ask how they're doing because they mm -hmm. might just have something. They might not want to open up to anybody because they might think that people don't care about them and their lives. So somebody just asking, giving that interest it can change their life and their mentality. But wait, wait, what'd you say, Chauncey, again? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just saying how far should the reach go? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of okay. course it's the media friends, but how yeah. far, like? So yeah, even if you're not friends with them like that, I still feel like you should ask. But if you don't, if you're not comfortable digging deeper with them, because if say someone I'm not fully 100% with, they might not have that trust back and forth. I might, if I get an ounce of, they're not okay, they're not mentally stable, I might go to one of their friends who I know might be closer and just be like, hey, check up on them. See see if you can talk to them because when I talked to them, they didn't seem all right. And then just tell tell somebody else who can further benefit them and get, get some information and drain it out. <laughs> yeah, and I think that kind of comes with, um, you know, the more that you get to know your friends, the more that you understand, the more about them. So, you know, okay, um, you know, you kind of have more options. You got You kind of got more like connects in your arsenal to be like, okay, well, if, I, if they're not reaching me, then I can reach out to so-and-so or I can reach out to so-and-so and be like, hey, you know, are you spoken to so-and-so recently? Are they doing okay? Um, you know, I talked to them, they, you know, may uh, need somebody to talk to them right now. So, yeah, it's just about like knowing your friends and knowing like, okay, if not me, then who, <laughs> you know? Interesting. So, like, oh, yeah. so the moral story is don't burn bridges, is what I'm hearing. Not even burning bridges. Yeah. Sometimes people you're not even that close with, you, you still care They're as individuals because we all go through stuff. Yeah, we're human. That makes us human. 
we're not androids or humanoids. We're all people with real feelings and like real emotions. So even just a genuine, hey, how are you doing from a, 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 new, a new person that you just met? I mean, that might start a whole, a whole nother friendship and that might be somebody that you can trust in the next incoming months, years, decades, however long that relationship may last. And your friends are gonna be there, if they're genuine enough, they're gonna be there to the end of time. So, I mean, just finding the people that you can trust with information that's vulnerable to you, I think that's the the way, the way to not reach your breaking point. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we'll end the episode. Um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening and watching. Wait, 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 wait. Just wanna advocate. Okay. One thing I just wanna advocate really quick for is mental health and the Mm -hmm. importance of it. I feel like everyone needs a therapist in their lives. It doesn't have to be a clinical one, just a friend or a mentor, literally anybody to give you advice. I feel like there's so many people up in their heads and there's so many people who are not well. And I feel like, well, even if you do feel like you're well, you still need to talk to people, let your emotions fly. And I feel like that's, one of the best ways to stay mentally stable and stay be happy because if you know how you feel and express how you feel you have a clear mind and it's not on your head so Mm -hmm. mental health everyone and and below we will put some contact information not us personally but organizations that specialize in mental health so if you ever need to you know if you're aspiring or stuff like that you can always click on or there'll be an organization and you can look there because that's actually what they do for a living. Because mm-hmm. I can't stress this enough, mental health is important. If you okay. don't keep up your mental health, you can easily spiral and your life can, I hate to say it, but cease to exist. And we hate to see that happen. Keep up your mental health. Yes. Thank you. I can, I can, uh... 100% attest. <laughs> you know your hundred. You know your hundred is backwards, yeah. right? Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make it sure. All right. Uh, once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're watching it or you're listening to it, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Applicable Science Podcast. Um, for the first-time viewers, uh, can you all say your handles and how they can find you on social media? Yes, I can. Okay. So, my Instagram is Moonda55. It'll be labeled somewhere. And then my business page is ABH Organics. ABH Organics, this is a game changer. They only come out so so Black so Business Alert. Black <laughs> Business Alert. Oh, yes. They are they are game changing the game right now. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chauncey? Oh, you don't have social media. You you did that on purpose. Like it's, just on purpose. it's just funny. It's just funny. Yeah, no choice. He had to. <laughs> it's just funny. You did that um, on purpose. I'll let that slide. <laughs> Y'all can follow me at tallboy underscore Chris on Instagram. And for the listeners, Zion, can you give me your handle? My Instagram handle is Z underscore Walker9. And my Twitter handle is at Life is Good Zion. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for another episode about titration and reaching your breaking point. Uh, Tune in to another episode of Applicable Science Podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. Please comment. See you on the flip side.